Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. What's up, Bruins fans? We're back, and uh, it's, it's incredible that after like 84 freaking years, we have actual hockey to talk about and uh, to and to to gather up all these uh, this awesome Boston Bruins hockey talk. I'm with my uh, co-host Heather Ringerson. Heather, what's up? Nothing. What's up, guy? Can you believe it? The Bruins actually play hockey, and they're playing two days in a row. Yesterday and later on today, I can't believe it. I'm like, whoa! How did this happen? What kind of early Christmas gift is this? I, I swear to God, the Boston Bruins management must have took a big old poo on somebody's freaking front door in the in previous years uh, and really stunk up the joint because, damn, this scheduling crap and the back-to-back. -back, let's do a back-to-back, -back, then have a week off, and then come back with a back-to-back. -back. What, what, what the hell is that crap? Yeah, I don't know why. It's like you're almost making it miserable, but who cares? We got a hockey, baby, so we'll talk about what hockey we did have. Unfortunately, it's been so long, we can finally talk about play in Montreal again last week a little bit, but yeah, I'm ready to go. How about you? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Absolutely. <laughs> let's shot, let's start this show off uh, appropriately. The black and gold hockey podcast is powered by betonline.ag and in partnership with the black and gold productions, sports media company. This is season six folks, episode two fifty three, And we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins hockey talk on all worldwide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related black and gold podcast youtube channel we would certainly appreciate all the support on all our um uh platforms uh yeah so we are back we're going to be talking some hockey but before we do that we do need to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag it's thanksgiving and we all know what that means football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and better betonline.ag has recovered all holiday season more props odds and lines than ever before BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. 
BetOnline.ag has pro and college hoops, NHL action, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, we're back. Um, just uh, spoke about betonline.ag. Listen, this is a fantastic website for all your wagering needs, whether it be hockey right now, football, college football, golf, all the great sports action. I mean, it's worldwide. It's not just North America. You can bet on uh, pickleball. You can bet on curling. You can bet on I, I don't know. Really it's, down it's, with cricket. Yeah, exactly. So if, if there's a worldwide sport out there and it's on the website, you could put money on it. So go check out betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code CLNS50. It really helps us out. So Heather, let's get to this bees talk because I'm right. I'm itching here. It's almost like I need I need a, a fix, you know? Okay. Uh, well, why not do this? Well, first up. we need we need to get into Rufus's uh, telephone Rufus. booth, and we need to go. Look at Bill and Wild Ted. Oh my God. That's right. If you got that reference, you are officially old. If not, Google it. It shouldn't be hard to figure out. I like but that. If you got if you got so, that reference, you're officially old. <laughs> so long ago, but uh, we had talked last Saturday, so we had a couple games uh, in between after we had talked uh, when we had moved. So let's get to it. Way long time ago, on the 13th of November, we played the New Jersey Devils, and we won five to two. We played at the Prue. Uh, Arakala got a goal, awesome. Bleeding Coleman got assists on that. That's a little happy. Marshawn got a power play goal uh, from McAvoy, who's having a fabulous week, and Bergeron and Marshawn. Uh, from Pasnak and McAvoy. Uh, then Bergeron and DeBrusque finished it up in the third with Pasnak and McAvoy. And DeBrusque got an unassisted empty netter. But who cares? Jake DeBrusque scored a goal. And that made me very happy. And holy smokes, we were worried because there was a gap. There's always gaps. And you do the back-to-back. And then there's a gap. But they look pretty good. And it was a matinee game, which is not historically our best time of day to play hockey games. Or anyone, really, if you watch the Mites hockey play at one o'clock in the afternoon they don't look like they're up for it either mark good win we're winning i like winning ah, didn't i go on the record not too long ago and say that this was going to be a scheduled loss because of the time off and i believe we're going to talk about another game that i said was going to be a scheduled loss too because mm-hmm. of the time off so uh we'll talk about that after after the next game but um yeah i mean y- y- New Jersey was doing, I guess, okay in the standings. I guess they were climbing a little bit, but it was good to have the Boston Bruins come in there and just take the two points. You know, it's a good road win. Um, it was on the road, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. We yeah. were at the Provincial Center. Good road win. Like I said, grab the two points and run. They're a premium right now. And, uh, you know, with the, with the so little games, and I believe the Boston Bruins have played the lowest amount of games in the NHL right now. But I'm sure that's that'll catch up quick. But... Oh, um, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was good. I, uh, I I like afternoon games, but boy, can they ruin a a good a good afternoon with a with a solid drunk on. So <laughs> he likes sleeping before they get to the later game of the day. Exactly. We had thirty. 30- 
36 shots on goal, pretty good. We won 53% of the faceoffs. We were one for two on the power play. I'm still, the power play, I still need a little more from when we get our chances this week, but I can't complain. They're putting lots of pucks in the net and on the net. So uh, 16 hits, 25 blocks, four giveaways, 16 takeaways. This is the first week in, I mean, I know it's all perspective because we haven't played, as you pointed out, as many games as everyone else, but this is the first time that our giveaway numbers have been pretty low instead of like, it's been like, 15, 12, get, a, get away from me with all that. But Marshawn and Pasternak got the first and second start, and your boy and everyone's boy, and Sway is the way. He stopped 27 out of 29 with a .931 save percentage, so good win for him and good beating the New Jersey Devils. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so we also got to play again on Sunday. Uh, belated happy birthday to our buddy Dale Lind, whose birthday was Sunday. And what did he get for his birthday present? Oh, the greatest thing ever. We played the Montreal Canadiens for the first time in forever and a day. And I don't care what anyone says about Toronto being our rival. No, Montreal is our enemy always and forever. Never forget that. And if you're forgetting that, or if your kids don't know that you're not doing your job. Cause my seven year old's <laughs> only been around for seven years and he knew after a two year break, we hate Montreal. Jesus, so. Seven already. huh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyways, I, I like to call this day an awesome, another five, two win, which seems to be the Bruins spiel this week. Uh, but we beat them at home. It was the Charlie Charlie show, a good old Americana Charlie's uh, second period McAvoy from Hall and Zaboro. Third period, McAvoy got a power play goal from Marshawn. Coyle got an unassisted deflected goal. Coyle got one from DeBrusque and Steen. Oh, yeah, how are you talking about? We'll talk about Austin Steen's up in a little while. And Hall got an empty netter from Pasternak and Carlo. Happy birthday, Taylor Hall. 41 shots. They weren't so hot in the faceoff uh, at all, but they, again, had lots of hits. Good amount of blocks, three stars of the game, McAvoy, Hoyle, ugh, Hall, and Coyle. And uh, freakishly, Jeremy Swayman gets the same exact statistics practically as the day before and gets the win. Yes. Yeah, any anytime you beat Montreal is freaking awesome. I, I love that shit. I feed that in my veins all day long. But this is a game um, kind of like the day before a little bit. It just kind of took them a while to get up for it. Um, you know, the real sloppy hockey in the first 40 minutes, I, I, I want to say it's been so long. I mean, the games are just so far away. I just can't remember sometimes, but I do remember that it was, a uh, you know, the, the last 20 minutes that this Boston Bruins team really put the pedal yeah. on the gas and, and, and did what it took to get back in the game and, and, and ultimately win the game at the end. Uh, you love to see the, uh, the last, the last, you know, stretch effort to really secure a win, but. We're still not seeing 60-minute efforts um, on a regular, which we definitely going to need with the schedule being a little more condensed from now until three weeks off until the Olympic break. But still, it's it's um it's it's a little bit of a concern. But listen, I'm not going to complain because we're getting those points. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, I agree with you. I mean, like you point out, like Mont Montreal isn't exactly the top of the pack, but you still you got to get those points. It's important because. Either way, the point you haven't played a lot, and these are points within your division or whatever. Very important. And Montreal, as you pointed out last week when we recorded, they have some snipers that can. I mean, you're right. Like Montreal didn't make it easy, but they they owned the third period. They started making it the Charlie show. Like I said, Charlie, Charlie, yep. right? Happy birthday! This is for you, buddy, over there, Taylor Hall. Uh, but yeah, pretty good. Forty-one shots on goal. Like I said. 
um, Swayman wins. And I, it, this Riley got sat and Zaboral came in, which I like Zaboral. So I was happy to have him back up uh, and he's looked pretty good this week, but we can talk about that later. And then it took what? 875 million effing years but finally they played hockey again yesterday so that's good we can talk about that which again was a freakish five to two win uh so we uh beat the philadelphia flyers we were on the road in philly so it's always tough to play in philly another one of our arch arch rivals like on one like one side of me just wants to kill both teams like i just get angry when i see philly or montreal that's just me i'm a weirdo that's fine uh but Nasser got a goal, which is awesome. And uh, Olmar got the start. Uh, today, uh, yesterday, Clifton was out and Riley was back in to play with Zaboral. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, Lazar and Blee got the no got the assist on the Nosek goal. It had been changed because Grizzlick was originally given the secondary. But uh, Fobart scored from... Uh, I got to say Fobart. I'm sorry. I hate how when people say that. Marshawn in from Pasternak. Again, Derek gets one from Smith and DeBrusque. And then Smith gets one from Holland, DeBrusque in the third. And that's how you beat the Philadelphia Flyers, who haven't been playing terrible hockey themselves lately. And 44 shots on goal. That's pretty good. Um, 50% in the faceoff circle. But again, I, I'm going to need you to do more on the power play, boy. Make it count when it counts. But uh, Fobart and Smith got first and second stars. Clifton was out, and Craig Smith was back up in the lineup uh, with Nick Felino. We'll talk specifically about Felino and Hall. I mean, Felino and uh, Smith, where they've been falling in the lineup the last few weeks. But uh, any thoughts yesterday besides Hallelujah? We can actually get to watch a hockey game with our team in it. Yeah, uh, another team I love beating, um, and because uh, I I have a really good social engagement on Twitter with a bunch of Flyers fans and Flyers podcasters and so on. Uh, shout out O and B uh, podcast; those guys do a fantastic job, um, and always retweeting our podcast. We got to do the same for them. So shout out to them. But uh, no, it's it. I thought it was a good game, and uh, most mostly what I'm really noticing in that game. And then which brought me back to um, the game on Saturday is just where these goals are coming from. And it, you got to love the way that the secondary scoring is, is starting to pick up a little bit, uh, a little concerning. I mean, not concerning in a way that there's some, some significant point streaks that are going on with certain members of this Boston Bruins team. I tweeted it out today. Follow me at black and gold two seven, seven. But um, you know, we're getting it from the Forberts. We're getting it from, um, you know, the Carlos uh, and, and and some of these new members like Noshik. And, and that goal, that that was a sneaky little goal for Noshik to sneak in there at the top of the key and just take the, take the puck in the skates and then manage it to the backhand and just completely, um, you know, uh, fake out Martin Jones to go top shelf. Um mm -hmm. Good for him. Need more of that. I mean, I'm not saying he's four birds. I mean, um, Nostrick's been playing bad this year at all. I think he's been a real co good complimentary player on the bottom six. But those are the goals you kind of need. You want to get to the net sneakily or crash the net as often yeah. as you can and, and just and just bury those all the time, you know. So uh, there's some really good things that are coming out of what's going on. The Bruins are starting to climb the, the standings a little bit more. It's, it's, we're see, I, I believe we're seeing a lot more chemistry, but we'll talk about some two members that uh, are, are big members of chemistry. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Yeah, I 
I think that overall, the game versus Philly was one of the best overall games I've seen them play because it's always tough. And yes, I'd like to amend when I say I hate the Flyers, I hate the Flyers team. I have a I have a pretty healthy relationship with Flyers fans, not like Montreal fans. I just can't engage. <laughs> you just can't do that. Uh, polite manner it's against uh, the rules with, with most Montreal fans, but uh, yeah. So. I just wanted to amend that. You're right. Like I do have a good relationship with people who like the Flyers. Just my the orange makes me see crazy. Although Gritty's starting to finally grow on me after like five years or whatever. Because dude is funny. You see him take that hat from that Toronto kid. I thought that and was just hilarious. chuck it. Absolutely yeah, chuck it. And I was like, oh my god, Gritty. I so Gritty's like Gritty's eyeballs still mess with my head. I do yeah, not so like the googly like, eyes. If you just had like regular eyes, I'd be cool with Gritty. We'd hang yeah, out. We'd be doing like, you know, blowing heads on the sidewalk first, and shit like that, you know? Yeah, but no one chirps people or gets in people's faces like Gritty. So no. you can't not respect a mascot. That's a badass. So, well, and also, that was hilarious. Like, don't chirp at Gritty. See what happens. There's your hat guy. And you're like you that. Just, now you're embarrassed. You, now you're you a gotta video be, meme. You got to be a little gritty to get gritty. <laughs> my favorite was when they put the billboard with gritty on the way to the bubble in in toronto that was hilarious like but all right we're moving on from gritty sidetrack on gritty but that was pretty good uh yeah um so it's good to have craig smith back he's been battling something all year or re-injuring or something or just nagging kind of stuff uh but yeah i I think that's the this week was good, especially with the gap. It gives you uh, the way they played yesterday gives you some hope that is good, even though with the gap, they still whatever they've been doing at practice and by all accounts coming out of practices like that's been good practice. Everyone's relaxed. No one's worried. And really, it does come down to like we we haven't played nearly as many games. So once we start picking up our game pace, hopefully we'll keep as long as we can keep winning, start keep moving up the standards, start really cementing where we really should be. Uh, I feel like we should almost uh, amend. I know Thanksgiving is always like your marker of who's in or who's out, but it's hard to argue that, especially with our team right now, because they haven't played. Some teams have played 25 freaking games or whatever kind of thing. Like this is weird at the same time. Like why should they have had to play this many games at the top of the season? Like there is no way we couldn't have spread the, these out that some people could play where there was two games on a Friday night, two games on a Friday night. Don't you think that's when stadiums could sell out the best is on a Friday is better than a Tuesday, but whatever. That's just me. Uh, all right. Do you have any studs and duds for this week? Um, my stud is probably going to go to Charlie McAvoy because mm. that guy is just a stud and, uh, <laughs> will, will not take any shit from any little Joel Farabee or somebody that he played at Boston university with, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but, uh, he's starting to come around a lot more, uh, offensively, which is really good to see, but is also, uh, most of the year been really solid on the defensive side of, of the game. So, um, that is my stud. My dad this week would definitely have to go to, oh, I don't know, man. I'm never prepared for these studs and duds things. Um, um, I don't know. I don't All have right. One. Well, I'm going to say my stud is definitely Derek Fulbert because he was really, really not making me feel comfortable. Like he wasn't coming as advertised, I guess is how I'll say it. He was not necessarily doing that. And this week he started doing that and I feel a little bit better now. And so that last night I had said you're officially off my shit list. That doesn't mean you might not end up back on there, but 
we need you to play like this more. Not because he's, he has had some terrible moments, not overall played horribly or anything. But yeah, I need more of this because like you said, it's secondary scoring is starting to kick off like a little bit of more chemistry. So we need everybody to produce, including our back end every now and then we need you to get in the mix. Uh, and that is something that is kind of what our, we to always talk about what the identity is the team, but that's always been part of the identity as a back end that can help the forwards, you know, on the offensive side as well. So I'm glad to see that this week. I um I do want to talk about uh the uh the morning brew uh hockey podcast with Bill Jaffe and uh, Andrew Raycroft. Love you guys. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, even more towards the start of the season, when we they had a couple of games in and then people the fans started really evaluating Derek Fulbert and really hammering him like I, I was, you were, and there was a bunch of people that were about the signing, about himself and you know, blah blah blah. And who, yeah. and who he's and yeah, and who he's being paired with, and so on. But if you listen to that particular podcast from Jeff and Razor, they mentioned that he's a new guy that's still adjusting to a new system, um, and it, and it might take a little bit longer. I think that this might be that time frame that they were talking about, where uh, Fulbert is actually like more, you know, getting it, grasping it, and 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 believing in where he should go, when he should pinch, because that's the way that uh, Bruce Cassidy and his staff have been relaying it to him. So it's just like a kid when you're learning, you know, in preschool and so on and going into elementary school, it's just these small steps that you need. And then you get a little bit of chemistry, you get a little more, a bit of trust. Um, and I think for Bert, you know, I'm not saying that he's, he's, uh, you know, for, or Bert, you know, the mm -hmm. ORR and Bobby Orr. I mean, in a, in a godsend from that. But I just think that these are small steps for him to just gain a little bit more consistency with whoever he's playing. And, and lately it's been very consistent with Charlie McAvoy. Mm, I don't know. I still feel about that in the long run, but we know nothing stays very long necessarily. You know, they're quick to change things up if things aren't going right, just generally this coaching staff. So I trust they'll keep the good balance of between. I, I still think that, uh, Derek and Matt will switch back and forth of who plays up depending on who's playing or whatever given circumstances, uh, how each of them are playing on that left side, whether it's top or second line. But to be fair, I don't think we really hammered uh, Derek Fulbert because I do think it's fair to criticize a player. Like he really wasn't playing up to what his standing is. And I all day agree, like, you know, Jaffe and Razor were even talking about the other day. You know, no one's like you said, no one's asking you to be Bobby or, you know, but we need you to be you. And if it just like we always say, like if Jake DeBrusque, no one's asking you to be Pasternak. If Jake DeBrusque is Jake DeBrusque, then no one's yelling at you, you know, kind of thing. So uh, that's it. But I think that he really was stud. I don't really know if I have a dud dud this week. I couldn't I think guess of Connor anything. Clifton. I guess I'm just going to have to say Connor. He wasn't in the lineup a lot. It's hard because it's like two weeks. It's really only you know been what? three games. That'll be but my dud now. Thank I you. love I love Cliffy, but mm, I just it's like when he has his moments, he has some good moments. But as for even though he it's sad because he has the most experience really playing up with the big club. But I would rather have Zaboral in there. It would, we yeah. can talk about it a little later, but I yeah. just 
hate to do it, Cliffy, but you get my dud of the week. And I was very happy when you got pulled out of the lineup because I think even when Mike Riley's playing bad, he's still more beneficial to you in your lineup than Connor Clifton. I hate saying that. I love Connor Clifton. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big Clifton fan too, but uh, particularly, um, I'm not sure which game it was. Was it the Jersey game or the Montreal game when he really tried to pinch in a little low, swung the stick uh, to mm. keep the puck in the um, offensive zone, but was out of position for the transition the other way was it Montreal? I think it was. Yeah, because because on the turnover, it was a two-on-one, and Sway gave up a bad goal there. Mm. A real bad goal. And I, I was like, ouch, Sway, man. And I got torched for it. I was like, yeah. what? They're well, all they're all protecting him, saying it was a two-on-one. No goalie's going to stop that. It's like, come you on. You can't have it both ways. You can't. Trust me. As someone who loves Martin Brodeur, you can't have it both ways. You can't be the best goalie in the planet, which is how some sway people are. Some people are reasonable. Swayman's awesome. He's going to be friggin' awesome. Glad to have him. And then some people really think he's the second coming of Ruar or whoever. Not the style, but just like greatness. Even really awesome goaltenders give up some really ugly goals sometimes. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they do it all the time. Right. So it's okay that he gave, I mean, it's not okay he gave up an ugly goal, but that's a learning experience for him. But this kid's going to be awesome. But I always think you get more out of losing or giving up a bad goal or whatever you learn, you know, like, like I think our goaltenders learn that they need to protect themselves a little better too when defense is a little soft. And both of them, I think, have made adjustments because I, I think they both had a good week, but yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah, it was, yeah, Clifton. Yeah, it that's a lot, but those, those are the same criticisms that people have been giving Mike Riley to at times. But I do think overall, Riley has a better skill set, right? Than and more experience, uh, yep. just being a yep. consistent defenseman in the NHL. Also, it's a little confusing to me that Zaboro wasn't up, anyways, as you trusted him enough to be in your top six most of last the 56 game season last year or whatever, but not after that, but that's neither here nor there. Yay. Three whole hockey games to talk about in seven days. Sure. There was five days between them or whatever, but we can, beggars can't be choosers, I guess that's fine. Uh, okay. This week though, I have to say all the boys were studs. They went out, they did the annual Christmas shopping to benefit the kids of Boston and, you know, the toys for tots or whatever organization thing. Uh, Always funny to see them shopping, pasta buying Barbie dolls and Hallmark skating on the back of the, uh, just like we all do on the back of the carriage every now and then, like you're little. Uh, I thought the best was Zaboral buying Pasternak t-shirts. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but again, we just had to mention they always have fun and they, you know, got their Santa hats on. And I think it's something that they really they do them, and I do think they enjoy all of them. But this is like something fun. It like gives you, gives them a chance to really, really like you know, treat the kids or whatever on someone else's go. And I they all donate their money towards these kind of things, anyways. But it's just always fun to see them not in a hockey situation. I think where you get to see them just being dudes, getting some toys for underprivileged kids, and they got yeah. some good stuff. A nice wide variety, educational, fun, fun. Go ahead. Yeah. Our own Evan Michael, uh, blackandgoldhockey.com writer, wrote an article about the uh, shopping experience that the mm -hmm. an, the annual uh, Christmas um, shopathon that the Boston Bruins do for the underprivileged children, um, and and it's always a great thing to see during the holidays. You put some smiles on some young faces, um, whether it's a Christmas thing or they go to the hospitals and do it virtually, whatever. Uh, it, it's just a top-notch organization when it comes to giving back to the community, but especially to those who really need uh, either a smile or a little help. 
Yeah, and uh, also good for Target. They opened up early. I saw in one of the clips, uh, maybe Brandon Carlo was saying how the store opened up, you know, early just so they can go and do that. So that's not something that a brand has to do. And that's nice to give them the chance to really have the run of the store to do whatever craziness they want to do. I just think, I think it's kind of fun probably anyways to, even if it wasn't going to underprivileged kids, it'd be fun, I think, to just get a bunch of presents for like people, you know, strangers just to make them happy. Uh, yeah. So as always, the boys are awesome, but I just want to say you are all studs this week for your awesome uh, giving back to the community as you guys always do. Agreed. All right. Goaltending controversy week 3042. <laughs> Part one, Swayman and Olmark looked like a tandem this weekend, right? Certainly this did. Last weekend. And then obviously Allmark started yesterday, but yeah, thoughts goalie, man. I think this, I think Allmark looked good, real good yesterday. You know, I think they both look good and they also you, hug each other a lot. I love it. And that's what I'm going to, I'm going to go right there before we even talk about their styles of games and what could be controversial and this and that, and who should, uh, you know, start the remaining 70 freaking games, whatever. Um, but it's, it's, it's the friendship, you know, it's, it's so many times I listen to freaking, uh, uh, Andrew Raycroft in the morning brew, uh, hockey podcast. And he's always talking about, well, not always, but most, most of the time he's talking about when the, uh, this tandem and saying that it's not a competition anymore. It's more or less you wanted to go at a one, a one B because in a competition, you apply stress to yourself. You want to be the best. You want to be the better guy in the room and so on. But in these situations, in the 1A, 1B scenario, I just think that there's there's more fun and there's less stress on what they're doing right now. Leave it to the coaches to figure out who's going in the crease on a particular night. and then But work accordingly towards preparing yourself, getting yourself ready, not beating the other guy on the regular. I think that... That whole aspect being taken out of it relieves a little bit of the pressure. And look at these guys are having freaking fun. But if you if you look at the well, flying phone, uh, <laughs> if, if you if you look at their stats, numbers, and so on, you know the uh, the win loss is always going to probably you know, be askew a little bit. But the numbers are pretty much comparable, you know. So it is good to see them that they're working together and this is just small steps more towards you know the uh the end of the year when everything's starting to gear up and you're really starting to buy into some playoff hockey start growing the playoff beard i'm starting a little early i get it folks but um me too it's <laughs> oh jesus but but um no i mean it, it's good it's good to have this is a great problem to have um I don't, I do not care what Bruins fans say about, um, you know, Swayman's younger. He should be playing more uh, or Omar should be playing more because of his $5 million contract. I believe that whatever the tandem is set in place per the coaching staff, let it ride. Just, just yeah. let it go. Don't worry about it. The less things we have to worry about in this, in, in Bruins Twitter or Bruins nation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the the better in my opinion i would say that it's kind of like twofold right because having a number one starter is kind of an old school mentality when it comes to your goaltenders 
I'm not saying the Bruins started it, but the Bruins have, you know, for example, have had a really healthy tandem going for like, what, a decade and a half, maybe longer, uh, even though we might have changed who that tandem was. And we've been spoiled, obviously, with Tuka Halak for a few years here now. And uh, But it's interesting because you, although one of them will probably shake out to be the primary starter, stop complaining either way because you have two goaltenders that will drag you along if necessary, at least at minimum. And if you support them could be really fucking good for you in there. I'd like to remind everybody that there's a reason that they specifically signed Allmark, right? Because for $5 million, there were not that the goalie market was super saturated or anything in the off season, but there were other people that they could have taken over Allmark. So that means there's something in him that they really like and think can either complement Swayman or Swayman can learn from. You know what I mean? That's what that seems to me. If he's the veteran now, right? And in all essence, even though he's not really that big of a veteran himself, he's only played so many years himself. Um, what I think is interesting, though, because this brings to part two of the goaltending controversy, part 3,042. They've bonded in an attempt to make sure Tuca is out of the equation. Because you know what? We're not competing with each other anymore. We're competing to make sure one of us still gets to get half of these starts, right? Because that's kind of the situation we're in. I know you wanted to bring up the whole Tuca and like uh, the mentions of if he doesn't sign with the Bruins. Uh, but okay. that's what I'm thinking too, is that if they're comfortable and they can figure their shit out, not only is money an issue if we re-sign Tuca, and this is no way, I think we both made clear we do love Tuca, but just from a business standpoint, you don't need Tuca. And it sucks to let him go, but... These boys, I think, will be okay. You know, you got to see what yep. you got this year. But even next year, if they can figure it out this year, they'll be okay even better next year, right? Because they'll know each other's strengths and weaknesses. They'll know how to help. The goaltending coaches will have had them for longer. La, 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 la. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see these two guys work. Just seeing the camaraderie on the uh, bench during whistles after a big win. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And, and, it, you know, each each goaltending tandem has their own little quirks uh, after the game. This is us. We're huggers, you know. So um, hopefully, hopefully it continues. I just I want the best success for these guys because number one, you're a rookie, and and you know, I, I'm always on the on the fringe of saying let's be cautious because I've seen this so many times before. I'm an old man. Uh, I'm not old man yells at freaking cloud and so on when it comes to goaltending. And, and patience yeah. and so on. It's just, we've seen it in the past. We've seen it so many times and we've even seen it in, in relatively history with, with, um, you know, Carter Hart, let's just put it that way in other areas of the league. So, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, proceed with caution all the time, but I love what I'm seeing. I absolutely love what I'm seeing. The all mark thing, in my opinion, needed to be done because he was pretty much the best free agent available. Um, if you want to get better goaltending, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for it. A lot of Bruins fans nowadays say they, they, the assigning was really unnecessary. They could have gotten somebody a hell of a lot cheaper. But what are you going to get for the talent on the ice if you if you pay $2 million? You know, you pay that Yaroslav Halak type of freaking range when you consider in a contract. Um, I don't know if you're going to get the best value out of it. Yeah, the money's going to be down and so on. But then you get the fans that say, what, what does it matter about money when you're going to ride Swayman all year long? So it's just. Yeah, but that's the thing is you shouldn't ride Swayman all exactly. year long. You don't want to burn out a kid like that. 
Also, $5 million is not a lot for a goaltender for a year, for a, a goaltender of Allmark's caliber that he, what he's proven to be kind of overall. Uh, not these days. Obviously, this is a new uh, adventure for him being out of Buffalo. It's a different situation, you know, different expectations, different system. But I, I mean, considering they've had like two weeks off in the last two weeks, practically, <laughs> I think that whatever they're doing is starting to work. And I also think it's funny. I wonder if they do the giant hugs just to be really dramatic about how much they love each other. <laughs> because I really do think that. But uh, anyways, that's that. A goaltending controversy. Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, people. Tuka is probably not coming back. But that being said, as you brought up, I don't know if you said Elliot Freeman. Who was it that you had said and mentioned that there's a lot of other teams that would be interested in probably Tuka? Are we going there now? Yeah, let's. I just figured we'd talk about it's part of our well, goaltending controversy. We yeah, okay. So, so on uh, the 32 thoughts with Elliot Freeman and, and Jeff Merrick, again, I, I praise those guys. They just put on literally the, the best, second, third best hockey podcast in the world. But they were saying that, um, you know, the Boston kind of, it, it, it all, and I'm paraphrasing too, by the way, Boston might not want to bring back Tuka Rask if, only if this tandem is exceeds expectations and they could really believe that later on in the season and even in the playoffs, they could be heavily relied on. And that's not a bad problem to have either. But it's also not a bad problem to have a free agent in the wings who's practicing locally and so on and trying to gear himself back up to return to the ice, uh, uh, an insurance policy. But Tuka Rask has said in the past that it's Boston or bust. I have, um, I've, I'm done with what players say anymore and what they'll actually do when a bunch of money is flashing in their faces. Um, so and same thing for the, for the, uh, offices too. I don't trust anything they say anymore. Either, right. so. <laughs> Don Sweeney said one day, three days before yeah. something happened that when we're, we're not trading Milan Lucic, are you crazy? <laughs> and then all of a sudden three days later, guess what happened? Traded. But well, anyway. we get to see Milan tonight. So I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, no, it's just, um, I just kind of lost my thought a little bit. Um, About Tuca coming back and yeah, even so if he doesn't want to play anywhere a, else. It's a break glass in case of emergency. But if you listen to the 32, uh, 32 Thoughts Hockey Podcast, there might be interest out there in case Boston doesn't want it. And you could gravitate yourself to Edmonton right now. Edmonton's a wagon out, out west. And um, they they might need to solidify a little bit of goaltending. And if that's something that's attractive to a player like Tuka Rask, go for it, man. You know, good for him on a continuous career. Thank you for everything that you've done in Boston. I'm not going to be a hater if he leaves. Uh, you know, I, I like what we see right now with Allmark and, and Swayman. You have a veteran goaltender that's been around. You have Allmark in his prime of mm -hmm. goaltending. So it's just you get a mixed bag of of, of goodies that you have right now. But if you're not going to, if you don't see in your evaluation process is completely off, then Tugaras might be an issue, might be a, um, a project that you want to bring back. Cause he's got familiarity with the team. He knows the systems and so on. So it's just an idea, but for me, I don't see him coming back either. I think um, Raycroft made a 
good point about it too. Like you don't want a situation where last year, like part of why Halak was so frustrated was too many goalies in the kitchen kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he might've been angry about this place, but also the situation in which the team was maybe handling how the goaltending thing was happening might not have been the best. And uh, he also brought up like you, this conversation had to have been had. There's no way they pulled in Allmark without have already thought about what happens if Tuca gets healthy and what they want to do. So either way, it's not like whatever happens is going to come out of the blue. There's probably some kind of underneath discussions and whatever. That being said, Swayman and Allmark must be privy to these goaltending discussions on some level, right? Sure. And they don't seem like they're too worried about Tuca coming back, if I can be honest about they don't look like their jobs are un- insecure, you know? Nope. That being said, I can't speak for Tuca, but we don't know what Tuca's... He may take league minimum or whatever, right? Like, well, how old... Whatever, with the because he's a veteran, whatever. I don't know exactly what the thing is. I'm not trying to pretend like I know how the money always works. But, and be the third goaltender. I think right now what he's working towards is not just an NHL return, but I think he's trying to get healthy to play for Team Finland. That would be the first step probably to get actual game action, right? Because he can't currently do that unless he signs with somebody. It's not like, or he does a pickup league or something. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, he's not signed to any team. He can do whatever Tuka Ras wants. But doesn't it make more sense that Tuka's, before he worries about his NHL return, has to worry about getting game ready to even worry about being in the NHL? And to me, that would be the Olympics. I said that last week. I kind of... I kind of said that last week um, that it, this could be a great evaluation tool, the Olympics, for the Boston Bruins to see what they actually have and if they need to sign him, um, you know, as a as a break glass in case of an emergency type of scenario, and put Swayman down to Providence, which people absolutely hate, and I get it, but the uh, the the uh, waiver exempt is there, you know, they if they have to use it, they have to use it, but. I mean, if he can, if he, if Tuga Rask can, can go through and win a gold medal, let's just say he wins a gold medal and he's playing against absolute like country all-stars, individual country all-stars that are uh, coming at you hot and heavy, like Canada, United States, and so on. If he can surpass those, I mean, any team, not just the Bruins, would be very interested and attractive in signing a free agent like that. You know, to push them over the bar a little bit or across the threshold of uh, more playoff success or even Stanley Cup success if you are happen to be a team in the league that's at that point during this uh, regular season. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I don't I don't think anybody's in a rush either way to make that happen. And who knows? We don't know what's in people's heads. Uh, it was an interesting – think it was Nick Felino was on like Toucher and Rich or something, which is one of the local sports things. If you're not from around Boston and don't listen to the 98.5, the sports hub, Toucher and Rich is the least serious sports show that's on the radio. And that's what makes them the most fun because they don't take themselves, think they're experts, like say, I don't know one that's later on in the afternoon between two and four, six or so. <clears throat> uh, anyways, uh, he said, like, because they kind of like, talk, oh, Tuga's been around right now or whatever. But he had made a comment, too, about, you know, sometimes you just, it's not in it. If you've been injured a long time, you've done whatever, it's hard to be in your best I love this game mode. And he said, it's nice to see Tuka having fun again. So, if anything, our boy is mentally chill. I mean, what's he doing? He's like rehabbing and playing golf. I mean, I don't know, hanging out with his daughters, which is probably good rehab for him and 
the first place. But yeah, so that's that. Just goaltending controversy. I really don't. Like I said, they don't seem to be worried about their jobs, and we don't know Tuca wouldn't come in. And if he doesn't sign until later in the season before playoffs, even if you have to waive Jeremy Swayman for a couple weeks, then we get to carry more people during the playoffs, and then they can all be reunited. That's me. That's how you don't circumvent the cap, but you just can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just to end real quick, just to end this, I do mm-hmm. not see a scenario where a three-headed monster is going to be involved because yeah. – you know how how you work the cap on a situation like that. Um, people are not going to be happy. You're not going to have. I don't think you're going to have the camaraderie that you're seeing right now between Allmark and uh, Swayman. Uh, if you add a third guy that's involved, and and obviously when you look at experience and contracts, Swayman would be the guy that plays every other two every two weeks. You know, it's kind of it sucks. And at that point, would you rather have him sit around and wait for his chance to get on the ice? Or have the availability to go down to Providence and work with Kyle Kaiser. You know, it's just, it's, it's not a bad situation to have. It's just a lot of folks have that shiny new toy theory fully embedded in their head that this guy is the future and I want it now. And I totally get it, but this, he's not a veteran that his contract is so laden that he needs to be in the NHL. And, and he's, and he's, uh, if he, if he sent down, he could be picked up on waivers. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's nothing wrong with, um, with you know, being in an entry level contract and having the flexibility to do this. That's all Spe- I want to say. Speaking of shiny toys, this week Oscar Steen got his turn to hang out with the big boys, and it's Oscar Steen mania. Let's keep up with the Kardashians, shall we? I know it's just a term. I don't actually like the Kardashians. It's just the term, right? Okay, keeping up with the Joneses, then, if you don't like that reference, but. It's Oscar Steen mania. Two weeks ago it was Jack Stadnika mania, and now it's Oscar Steen mania. So I just thought maybe we talk about Oscar Steen. I don't mean to say it flippantly. It's nothing against Oscar Steen. I just, like you said, the shine, like everybody. I don't think that I don't use shiny new toy quite maybe sometimes the way you do when you get annoyed with people. But yes, Oscar Steen, he's the man of the hour. And how are we like Steener up here, Mister? I'm so on fire in the HL. Yeah, I mean he uh, got a, a point the other night. Yesterday, I believe, so uh, that's six straight games uh, with the point in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins, and uh, came up to the AH, uh, the NHL with the Boston Bruins most recently, and, and had two assists, one in each game. Um, there's there's some really good signs of of a young player like this. I mean, I say young because he's under thirty, but he's also been a draft pick, a seventh rounder, I believe, sixth seventh rounder since 2016. So he's been in the system, played over in Europe. Um, you know, he, he's getting those games up in the NHL level because of his, 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 his work ethic down in the American hockey league. Um, the way that, um, um, I don't remember the coach's name. Oh, Jay Leach, Jay Leach. And now Ryan Mujanel have been working with uh, a player like Oscar Steen. He's getting it. He knows his bottom six role. He can be that tenacious four checker. He's got speed. He's got the skill. He's got a shot. I mean, if you let him shoot, he's got a ripper. I'm telling you, NHL release is unbelievable. But he's also putting pressure on other players in this lineup, too, because, you know, you not only have to think about the lineup this year and the remaining um, games in the 2021-22 campaign, but you also got to think about roster spots for the future. And I think that him getting a taste in the NHL 
this season is ultimately going to have uh, a little bit of success for him next season and more games, more trust in, in possibly an NHL roster spot. So good on Steiner. Um, he's just a, a really, really great guy. Um, and I, I really hope the best for him because he does have, I mean, he's not going to get you the 30 goals every year and so on, but he's going to make those small impactful games that, Coaches like Bruce Cassidy and Kevin Dean and, and, and all these guys in the past have really loved to see. So it, it's, it's, it's a good positive. And, and yeah, the steam train is uh pulled in. All right. Uh, what was I saying? Here we are thing. Oscar Steen. Okay. Do you think Zaboral should stay in this lineup? Like, uh, you know, I, we could argue if he should have been up at the whole time or whatever, but we're not the people who make the cuts at camp, right? Or decide how to keep the balance. Like you said, sometimes, I mean, you can't totally deplete the Providence either. But do you think, as defense has not seemed to really sort itself out quite well yet through the first whatever games we've played, and again, it's early, it's a grain of salt, right? Do you think Zaboral should just be in this lineup? Yeah, I, I mean it's so hard to to judge a player when he's getting limited time in, in the preseason and if he should actually earn a spot in the lineup to start the year. Zavoral was uh, unfortunately sat for a little bit, but that might have been a motivating factor for the games that he has been in recently. Yeah. Um, just to work harder in practice, show the coaching staff that you want to be in the lineup on a regular basis and, 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 He's playing right now, like like Brick said last night at, at post game. He's playing so good; it's so hard to get him out of the lineup to get mm -hmm. somebody that might deserve it. This is a great problem to have. Now we're mm -hmm. talking about Jakob Zaboral, and if you don't mind, if I'm if I'm, I'm jumping because I'm not looking at the agenda right now, okay. but this is a perfect time. Bruce Cassidy and his defensive staff on that bench have mismatched and and put the pieces together so many times on different pairings. The Forbert and, and, and McAvoy pairing has been so often seen. And I know Forbert is doing really good right now, and I'm definitely not knocking his game at all. But if there's a little step back in his game moving forward, I would really like to see what Jakobs Borrell could do, pair it up with Charlie McAvoy. Cassidy's been doing the mismatch of lineups, uh, you know, on the bottom four for the majority of the season. Why not just give a small sample size to see what we have there. Um, and I, I just really like, like last night, you just, you see what Jakob could do. He's his mobility is like not top notch, but it's getting better. The more trust he has, the more minutes on ice he's getting. You can see the rise every game he's getting involved last night, takes the puck, moves it around, passes it to pass the neck, a little bit of sauce, Pass the knack back to friggin' uh, Zaboral on the right side. And then Zaboral just kind of gets it right in to where um, um, uh, Pass the knack just fires at home. That is just great play. That, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really happy for the kid. You know, 2015 first round pick, shit on, absolutely shit on since uh, he left the podium, basically. Off Every, of him and everyone else in that class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, gets off of social media because he can't stand all the shit that he's seeing about himself. Just continues to work hard, you know. And this is this is the type of stuff I love is those under under um, underappreciated guys that 
you know, got shit on, but they're finding ways to make impacts of the game. And, and it's good. It's a good problem to have good rotationary guy, but I want to see him more involved until he can get himself out of the lineup with poor play. I want to see him uh, no matter what, just in, in the top six, but I really want to get that. I really want to see that sample size and what he could do with, with a guy like Charlie McAvoy. And I know some other fans. He have played been with McAvoy that. a little bit last year. Yeah, Lazon, yeah I, at first it was Lazon should be with McAvoy, and then that wasn't working out. Zaboral did get a little bit of reps with McAvoy. That's right. what I mean, though. Is I was surprised given the fact that they didn't necessarily – I mean, they got – I know they signed Riley, and I know they got Fogart, but they didn't really change the back end. Like, they had to know that might not have been exactly going to finish the back end up, you know? And I'm just – I was surprised he – I was surprised he didn't get to play himself out of the lineup to start with, I guess is what it is. And now that he's back in, hopefully he can stay up. Cause I do think he is way more consistent than Clifton. And if we have to play one of them can't be up here. I'm sorry, Connor Clifton. I'm going to need you to go because I think that even just watching him with Riley, he makes Riley seems cut, you know, like they seem like an all right, at least pairing you put them together right now. You know, you're going to probably leave the top four as they are in some form, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm just surprised they didn't start that at the beginning, but I do feel like this happens sometimes. Like, wait, like, yep, this is the stuff. And then you're like, mm, like you picked the wrong chemistry, you know, which I understand can happen. But they also, I'm glad to see they're not getting stubborn on that because a lot of times this coaching staff decides what they want will be the chemistry, but really isn't what will create the chemistry. Although yeah. someone I don't remember who it was tweeted last night and I thought it was funny. Where were you when? Jakob Sporrell became Tory Krug. I just thought oh, that was Yeah, funny. I saw that too. That was pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. For now, Zaboral's in and Clifton's out. And Riley's in and Clifton's out. But that could change. Who knows? Uh, but I would assume tonight. I don't know if you've seen a lineup for today's thing yet. But uh, I, have not. I would assume it's going to probably look pretty much like it did yesterday with Riley and Zaboral together. Um, talked about Steam. Talked about Zaboral. How are we feeling with Felino and Smith with the with Felino up on the second line? Do you like their chemistry? I'm just asking, uh, you know, when Smith finds himself back to the third line right wing where he started his Bruins career two years ago, whatever. Uh, I'm just wondering because we know the chemistry with Paula and DeBrusque and Felino were so good at the beginning of the year. It sucked when it got had to get broken up. Just any uh, your thoughts on that? Is it really? I mean, I think either way, I'm comfortable with either of them, wherever how they are in that middle pair. You know, the middle lines. But yeah, what are your it's it it's not the way that they're playing or anything like that. It's their versatility uh, that is so admirable to me that they can be just those plug and play type of players that. Um, yeah, you know, Felino's got the center experience, can't play the left and the right. Hollow the same thing on the right side. Um I I just like I like it. And um I really do uh like to see Felino's jam in his game back in this uh black and gold jersey after going through a, a little bit of a tough time with the injury bug and so on. And along with Craig Smith, too. Uh, you know, he came comes back in and, and gets an, a sweet goal last night against Philadelphia. Um, so I, 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 I just, I want to see Smith, um, more engaged this year. I know that, uh, there's been some tough times at the beginning of the year, even in the off season. Um, but 
I want to see him shoot more. We, I mean, that's one of the reasons why he became a Boston Bruins because his shooting numbers were just off the charts when you when you look at the analytic side of the game and so on. But um, and I like Felino because he's just that that you know that older veteran that doesn't take any crap and stick up for your teammate and you know be there for the extra push after the whistle and so on. You need that. That's it's just that's the style of the game these days and. Um, you know, and I like where they can be placed uh, in throughout the lineup. But you know, I see some good positivity moving forward with this. Uh, you know, the chemistry is a big thing for me, and once we can get more of it, I think this team's going to be much better than what we're seeing right now. Well, as soon as they can play more than one game a week, I'm sure they can build <laughs> tons of chemistry. No I'm shit. No <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, no, I love Nick Foligno, and I do think even though there still hasn't, you haven't seen that whole 60 minute effort. I do feel like since he's been back up on the lineup, it's like you know, Uncle Nick's back. No more fucking around, boys. Let's do it. Let's go. And and like you said, the reward is what I thought. The fourth, third, and fourth line have looked pretty damn good the last few games. Uh, working it out, you know, like you said, for the, we can't always rely on that first line. And you know what? Last Saturday, the first line got it done. But on Sunday last week and yesterday's game versus Philly, everybody was doing what they needed to do to someone get that puck in the net. And uh, again, it wasn't perfect. I definitely agree with you. In Montreal, they did not give the whole gas effort, you know, did the kind of thing. But at the same time, it was second half back-to-back. Glad they finally did put the gas on. But um. I do think they've had a little more jump in their step, whether they've had to because they're just excited because they've had so many games they haven't played or whatever. Um, I feel like they're gearing up, hopefully, to go on a good run of getting through now that we're playing some hockey games. But all right, let's uh, I'm going to ask you one more thing before we go to break. Sure. This is just something, you know, things I sit in my head and when the Bruins aren't playing. Oh, I boy. Nothing else to do but think. We are definitely in a rebuild, obviously, right? Glad we didn't fall off a cliff kind of rebuild, but in a rebuild nonetheless. I feel like we're always talking about we need to get Bergeron another cup, and don't get me wrong, nothing would make me happier, Marshall. Oh, my God. I this feel is like so the, annoying. What I was going to say is, shouldn't the conversation be, how do we construct this team to get Charlie McAvoy his cup? Or that I just mean we should – as we're rebuilding, it's great if we can get another Stanley Cup. I know neither of us would object if we did. But I think as we're rebuilding, the question needs to stop being how to get Bergeron another cup as much as I'd love exactly. that to happen. But how to get the next set, how to get Carlo and McAvoy and whoever your new core Beat. is and Charlie Coyle, whoever, get them their cup. Because in a cup, like in the next five years, dude, this is going to be all day long McAvoy's team as long, you know, and he has to stay here because we're keeping him forever. And we put lots of things in his contract that says we're going to have him around. Yeah, That's just me. And I didn't know how you thought about that. And I, I never really say it out loud, but I've been thinking that for a while. I, I love Bergeron, but I need McAvoy to have one in within the five years. Um, um, me, I'm all about team and I'm all about organization. And I'm all about community fan base and so on. Let's do it for all of those reasons. I am so sick of hearing, um, you know, we're not doing enough to get Bergeron another cup. I, I'm, 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 and I know the narrative, and I know folks are not just like saying that to be that way, but you know, you do. I mean, they do want to see a guy like Bergeron who put his heart and soul into this organization. He's wearing the captain C, just like I'm wearing right here. You know, mm-hmm. 
I totally get that, but let's do it for the team, the organization and the pride of being a Boston Bruin and not just what, uh, you know, the, the tail end of somebody's career. I, I really don't like that at all. I kind of cringe every time I see it. It's, it's Bergeron, this Bergeron, that we're a group here. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not in the room and so on, but I'm pretty sure that they're not doing that either. It's it's about a group and, and a group accomplishments, not about the individual. All right. Well, I had just had that on my mind for a little bit, so I randomly threw it in. Also, as a way to see, I need to get to this point by halfway through this is how <laughs> I'll know that we're going to throw it to Bruce Sullivan and his awesome boards. Boston sports memorabilia. I forgot. Oh, sorry, Bruce. That's all you right. know what it is, though, Mark. You do yeah. It. yeah, it is that time of the show. We're going to hit our hour mark, and we're going to hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Listen, Bruce has been really working hard because he's been – well, we've been working together and so on. So I kind of think that we've been giving him a lot more business by talking about this on our YouTube channel and on the podcast uh, platform about what he has, the prices, and, and just a great person to work with. So I think that his his sales have gone up so much that he's getting so much more signings, and they're coming up this winter. He just had Ray Bork. He had Don Marcotte. He's going to have uh, Nifty Rick Middleton back. He's got, he, he had Andy Moog. He is getting more and more involved to get more Bruins hand-signed items out to the Boston Bruins fans out there for an unbelievable price. This is where we buy our stuff every week to give away. I'm sorry, every month to give away. And, and sometimes our weekly prizes involve some of the, the stuff that he uh, has with pucks and pictures and so on. So please listen to this, uh, this uh, commercial coming up. Get, get him an email, write down the email address, follow him on the Facebook page, follow him in the Facebook group, share stuff. You can win free stuff and so on. It's all good stuff. So let's hear from Bruce and we'll be right back with more Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We are pleased to announce the upcoming signings with 2011 champ Sean Thornton and Peabody native and NHL All-Star Bobby Carpenter on December 4th. We will have jerseys, pucks, minis, and photos for both players. This week we are featuring exclusive memorabilia from one of our signings with fellow 2011 Cup champ Mark Recchi. Take home a Recchi dual-inscribed JSA authenticated black jersey for just one nineteen. Or a Recce Mini on sale for just 109 delivered. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! what up everyone's fans we're back talking boston everyone's hockey we just heard from the awesome bruce sullivan from boston sports and music memorabilia he is your go-to guy for all that boston bruins swag that's hand signed and not only bruins stuff but socks celtics patriots 
and uh and music stuff too so check him out and, and if you didn't follow the instructions to get in touch with him i don't know what to tell you but if you do rewind yourself listen to it again and write that stuff down because he is awesome and like i said before he's got great prices and um and we do we do work with him on the uh, jersey giveaway so thank you very much bruce and thank you everybody for um you know helping us out and helping him out so it's all uh, a big happy family here at BNG, and we're happy to have Bruce along with it. Yep, thank you very much. All right, and we got a company that's going to be going a long way with the Bruins in the next few years. DraftKings was officially signed as the Boston Bruins official fantasy draft. I don't know what the official title is, but anyways, they partner with DraftKings. They're going to be the exclusive sponsor for the 50 50 raffles and the digital content that we taken over the websites and blah 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 uh so that's a big uh signing that's a good partnership uh DraftKings is giant obviously in the world of fantasy sports uh giant giant might not be a big enough word for it but just didn't know your thoughts on that exactly i mean our show sponsor is betonline.ag so we're not going to be you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, saying we're going to be uh, hooking up with DraftKings or anything like that. But um, I've used it in the past. I don't use it anymore, but it is huge. It's absolutely yeah. huge. huge. Um, and maybe I'll I'll start using that and betonline.ag once uh, Massachusetts allows gambling. And we don't, <laughs> have to go, we don't have to go to New Hampshire to uh, place a bet anymore just to drive home 10 minutes later. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's good. Two growing things that are happening uh this there's a lot of avenues where the nhl is making money right now and teams are making money so um uh, this is a great little partnership and and like i said it's it's just a huge conglomerate if, if that's if that's the word i could use uh in that certain text but um uh no it should be good for both both sides um and hopefully this will pave the way for the uh, the folks on Beacon Hill to uh, smarten up and and see that other states are making millions and millions of dollars a month and and you're just letting this all go away. Uh, it again confuses me in a state where we have like a hundred different scratch tickets and all these instant games. We have Keno, we have daily numbers, we have Lucky for Life, whatever, blah 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 blah, and we're in on the Powerball one. Why you can't? I get maybe they think they're promoting sports betting, but what I think they're promoting is tax dollars not being in the state of Massachusetts. Right. That's what I think. But I think that's everyone's consensus, except for the people who are making the decisions, like you said, on Beacon Hill. Uh, all right. Everyone's been bitching about the schedule. Okay. The schedule has fucking sucked thus far. But just remember, when we're complaining later, they don't have enough, uh, you know. October and November might have been light, but in April, their schedule looks like on Saturday the 2nd, they play Columbus. On Monday the 4th, they play Columbus at Columbus. Tuesday the 5th, they play Detroit. April the April 8th, on a Friday, they're playing Tampa at Boston. And then on Sunday, they're going to be playing at Washington on the 10th. And then on April 12th, they're going to be playing St. Louis. And then on the 14th, they're going to play Ottawa. The 16th, they're going to be playing, I don't know what I was saying, Pittsburgh. And on Tuesday the 19th, they play St. Louis at St. Louis. And on the 21st, they play at Pittsburgh. And then blah, 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 there's still six more games after that. So when they don't have a day off in April right before the playoffs, and we're all like, what the hell? They don't have any downtime. How are they supposed to rest for the playoffs? I hope we all remember. It's like New England weather, right? Yeah. In April, 40 degrees, people are out in shorts and T-shirts like 45, sunny and warm. 
But then when it's 60 degrees in October, everyone's like, hey, yeah, it's so cold. It's all about perspective. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be from here on out without the, besides the Olympic break and such that stuff, it's full charge. We'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I want to see this. I want to see this Boston Bruins team. I think that's where you get the chemistry. I know we, uh, that's a ding. We're saying chemistry a lot today. Um, that's when I think you're going to get that more involved because um, the players are just playing, you know, every other day. They're with each other more often. It's not this the stretch. You know, they are practicing and so on, but, you know, also going home to be with families. Every other day is more or less that you're you're more involved into the into the schedule and, and your work ethic and, and being together and, you know, to accomplish a, a, a common goal. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to – more hockey, to be honest with you. I can't I can't do another week off. I don't know what I'm gonna do with a three week break and for the Olympics. That's just gonna be maddening. You're but I do watch the Olympics, obviously. No, I I know that, but well I don't know. That's those if late the NHL at night. doesn't let them go. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like three o'clock in the morning games or something like that. Yeah, but they don't show them here until when they're live, anyways, unless you're gonna watch them on the app, you know. Right. You know, is watch it. You'll already know the score, but you can always go back. Um, unless of course the NHL pulls the plug on the Beijing Olympics because now they're starting to have reason with the whole Ottawa on the list and all this. It's all the things that give them reason to, but I, I think they'll be there, but, um, all right. So I didn't know if you, if you don't, that's okay. Uh, I just always leave it in here. If you had any like updates you wanted to do about Providence or anything, how they've been playing, uh, I just didn't know if you don't, that's fine. We can move on. I forgot to ask you before. This isn't your fault. So on Friday night uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, they played the uh, visiting Hartford Wolfpack and Providence walked away with a two to one overtime win. And last night, oh yeah, last night on Saturday, uh, they played the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins and lost three to one. Um, it's a tough one for Kyle Kaiser. Um, so yeah. Um, there's some good things and some bad things. Like like um, Jakob Lauko got the only goal last night, which was awesome. And he's playing very well, regardless of his if his three goals this season and uh, limited points. He's just been uh, amazing to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to be playing on Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, Friday night and Saturday. I believe Friday is in Bridgeport, and Saturday is going to be in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Uh, so. And Wednesday's game is going to be uh, in Hershey. So that's the upcoming schedule there. All right. Well, all right. Let's talk about these Bruins again for a little bit then, okay? Currently, we are fifth in the Atlantic and 10th in the East. We've played 14 games, which is way less than half of the rest of the league. Uh, I think we have like five games in hand or something on some people. I don't remember what it was. I didn't write down the exact statistic, but we got nine wins. Five losses, 18 points. We got a plus seven goal differential, which is good. So even though we've been a little scary defensively at times, obviously this is all with a grain of salt because now things are going to get real. But we've got 46 goals in net, so that's pretty good. We're six and one at home, which is great because we've got some home games coming up. But we're only three, four and oh on the road, so that could be problematic uh, during this week as well. Um, but we're six and four in the last 10 games, which really we've only played 14 games. So most of our season. So that's uh, pretty good. And we are on a three game win streak and a five to two win streak. I just have to point that out again, because that's kind of freakish to win three of your games with the same exact score. Uh, yeah, but today 
We're playing Calgary. Yeah, Calgary's doing all right. They're second in the Pacific. They're second in the West. Uh, they've got 25 points. They've played 18 games, 10 wins, four losses. Um, they're pretty good on the road. Um, I didn't get to write down. Did you happen to get to write down a little bit of the stats about the matchups between them? I can pull this up real quick. I didn't get far, that far. No, I got uh, it because um, I tweeted it out earlier. Um, like the head-to-head matchup stats, if you could do that. No, I don't I don't have that, but I do have that the uh, um, Flames play the Bruins. Calgary is 8-2-2 two, two on the road uh, this season. is 4-2-4 four, four in their last 10 games. Also, they're on a two-game winning streak. Uh, Calgary players to watch. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau is on a three-game uh, point streak. Uh, Lindholm is on a four-game point streak. And this uh, Manji Piani uh, is on a two-game point streak. So uh, those are some players to watch in this game tonight at TD Garden, which uh, Jeremy Swayman is getting the start in goal. So that's exciting, and to keep his uh, keep the home streak going, I thought it was a smart thing to do for the kids' confidence. But um, it Have looks like any- oh, sorry, it looks like it's going to be um, Jeremy Swayman versus Dan Vladar. But uh, oh, yeah. Calgary played last night, so uh, that remains to be seen. But the numbers go: uh, Swayman is five two and zero with a two point one six goals against average and point nine one four save percentage. Dan Vladar is 3-0-1 with a uh, very stingy 1.96 goals against average and a 0.933 save percentage. So uh be kind of cool to see um, uh, Dan back in uh, in Boston, obviously with another team, um, but uh, see what he can do. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be pumped up if he gets the nod. It'll be a fun matchup to see and uh, really wish I could, we could see the uh, – the pregame warm-ups live because I can guarantee that him and Swayman are probably going to be at center ice doing the stretches and yakking it up a little bit. So um, uh, welcome back, Dan. And I miss you, buddy. I really do. I, I had a lot of fun interviewing him. Uh, Europeans are very fun to talk to uh, because they don't understand you and you don't understand them. So it kind of, it, it's, it, it's funny how it works like that. How you try to figure out what everybody's trying to, you know, get across. But uh, Dan's a great kid. Um, I really love my tattoos, which is I'll never forget. He's just like grabs my arm and kind of looks up and down. He's like, "Oh, this is pretty cool," you know. So uh, yeah, I miss that kid. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. That's what I was going to ask you. Any word if Dan Vladar was going to be starting? Because I was kind of hoping he would. It no would idea. Be uh, looking at the matchup, so uh, <sighs> Calgary is pretty. They've been playing pretty good. Too. They're uh, Edmonton's the only team ahead of them in their division and in actually the Western Conference. Uh, so, but our strength really continues to be the face-off, and hopefully we can. I mean, we're pretty good too on penalty kill, but I really need more from our. It's weird because our playoff, our power play is good. It's like eighth or whatever, but that's kind of deceiving where we haven't played as many games, and they they have seemed like maybe on special teams they're coming and a little more comfort level, like you said, but I, it should be a good matchup. Uh, old friend Milan Lucic will be back in the building too. And uh, what's the yeah. over under, what's the over under going to be? I wish I had Lucic back on Twitter. <laughs> I guess it will depend if he takes somebody out. Yeah, that's true. If we had him or, or he not. scores a goal or he gets an assist or he just lays out. Which he, he has somebody. had a pretty, he's got some points this season. I yeah. saw like you know, there, you know, you keep an eye on the oldies. All right. Uh, then 
we have another game. So that's today. Uh, we're obviously recording before that, and hopefully we can get this done and Mark can get stuff done before the game gets on. Uh, but on Wednesday, the 24th, we are playing the Buffalo Sabres at the Key Key Bank Center. Sorry, I couldn't remember for a second what it was called. They're sixth in the Atlantic. They're 13th in the East. They played 16 games. They're pretty split, 7-7-2. Seven, seven, and two. Uh, Again, Buffalo's Buffalo. Uh, they're five, three, and one at home, so that's where they're playing their best hockey. Kind of wish that they were playing at our place, where they're only two, four, and one on the road, and they're three, six, and one. So Buffalo looked all right. I know everybody was like, "Yeah, Buffalo's all jacked up," and Eichel and the thing. And now they seem to be doing pretty much what the Buffalo Sabers have done for the last five years: have a really great start and then kind of have their bubble. Yeah, just it. They do have some talent, though. That being said, like Mark always says, you can't play down to your opponents um, because they actually can play when they want to. Uh, so that'll be interesting. That's a little uh, down the road. I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts on the Sabres game. I know it's a little bit away. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, they're like playing Montreal. They're the Devils or something, though. They're kind of middle of the pack, even though they're, they're kind of low on the pack. But they, the way they're playing is... They could give you a bet, make you have a bad game too if they're on their game. So don't play down to your opponents. That's my thoughts on the Sabres. Not the most exciting matchup we're going to have probably this week, but yeah. So that's that. All right. Friday, November 26th in the classic Black Friday. The Bruins always play at home and usually play the Rangers at one o'clock. Now, this is weird. I, I thought someone had said it got changed to 3 30, but it's also listed no, as one. It got, so. changed. it got changed from a night game to an afternoon. All right, so one o'clock start or three thirty? I I I'm um, I, I heard I thought it was a one o'clock start. Yeah, okay. Well, I just saw, so I saw from both seven. Night. It went from seven to one. Yeah, because uh, traditionally both the Celts and the Bruins play during the day, but I don't know if the Celtics are playing because I don't care. No offense to Celtics fans, uh, but as of now, obviously we're a week out. But the Rangers are third in the Metro and fifth in the East. The Metro division is a way tougher division than the East is this year. I think. Uh, uh, Opponents wise, uh, they're 10, 4, and 3, and they have 25 points. Pretty good goal differential, uh, or pretty even at least. Uh, they're 6, 3, and 2 away. So that's kind of scary as that they will be on the road, obviously, in our building. Uh, they're on a one game losing streak, but they're 6, 2, and 2 in their last 10 games. Uh, who knows where they will be or how many games they have this week? I did not quite look that up, but, um, the Rangers are always a tough matchup for us, I think. I don't know why that is, but, uh, you know, they always have players that can mess you up, like they have Dylan Strom or Ryan Strom or whatever, Taruba, but they have – their goaltending has looked uh, pretty good lately, I think. Uh, I mean, you know, Henrik Lundqvist or whatever, but, you know, starting to uh, look better in the goaltending – uh, you know, they got Shashurkin, which is just fun to say his name, uh, you know, and he's doing great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on the Rangers? I think that just generally the Metro opponents really, at least as we had been playing, they're posing as really tough opponents this year. And the cream yeah. of the conference is really coming from that division. So we kind of knew that that was going to happen before the season mm -hmm. started, that the Metro was going to be kind of a wagon. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the um, to the matchups. Certainly going to be nice to have these, uh, you know, game and then day off, game, day off kind of situation. Yeah, so in there. So that's to look forward to. And, again, we don't need to preview it, preview it, because it's pretty far 
away, but we do play on the 28th versus the Vancouver Canucks, who are having a tough start about uh, oh, the yeah. top of the season. Um, I did write down what they're currently at, but obviously things will change over the week. Uh, but always exciting to play the teams from the West because we don't get to do it that often. But they're 6-10-2 with 14 points, and they're split home and away 3-5-1. and one. Um, yeah, they, they've been having a, um, a year, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they yep. have, they have some talent and they probably will be all right, but they definitely have struggled at times. So hopefully if they're struggling, when we see them, we can capitalize that on a little bit. Those are our upcoming games. That's right. Um, you did just hear me say four games in one week. Yeah, no kidding. This is not a drill. <laughs> Go, going back to tonight's matchup against the Calgary flames. I just want mm-hmm. to mention that, um, uh Brad Marchand is on a eight game point streak. David Pasternak is on a six game point streak. Charlie Coyle is on a two game point streak and Jake DeBrusque is on a three game point streak. Nice. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque three game points. I know, streak. right? Things that you things that you hear and you're not quite sure you heard what you heard. No, I love it. You know how I feel about Jake DeBrusque. That's right. Trade him as an asset if you need to, but I'd much prefer he like get some confidence and starts doing DeBrusque things. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I do think those bottom three lines have looked pretty good this week, and I I like what I see. And I don't know if it's just cha- I'm not blaming like you know obviously it, it it's been kind of marigold rounding Fredericks on the IR officially, you know things like that. But uh, skating though yeah. he is out skating. Yeah, so that's is. good to see. Yeah, we just I I couldn't remember if we had talked about him going officially on the IR. If that I don't came know out if right we did after that we recorded or like, yeah, because I wasn't quite sure if it came out before or after. So uh I'm not saying it's him or whatever thing, but I do think having Smith and Felino back in the lineup, things like that, I feel like everybody's playing a little bit better. Uh, which is great. All right. Well, Ma- the Martin Richard Foundation, uh, named after the young boy that lost his life uh at the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, it's their fourth annual 8K uh, Saturday, December 4th. Hmm, that date seems familiar to me. I don't know Ooh. what that date could possibly be. Um, Registration is $45. It uh, is in partnership with the Bruins Foundation, New Balance, and DMSE Sports. Uh, runners, walkers, families, para-athletes, uh, everyone's invited to do it. It's at the Warrior Arena. Um and yeah, so if you can get out there, or I know some people, that's their thing. Every weekend, they try to do one of these uh, benefit races or just to race, keep themselves in shape and compete and do something for a good cause. And the, you know, the Martin Richard Foundation is a foundation that does a lot to try and uh, create, you know, parks and such like that and give kids uh, opportunities to kind of live out their dreams as their son would have wanted. And uh, they do all sorts of things for that. So go and support yeah. that if you can. And uh, happy birthday in advance to some people. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something crazy that is Bruins related, but also just us. Uh, it was fun hanging out with you on Tuesday. We got to go downtown, got to go to an event to benefit uh, Triton Ames Ray Jr. Maples Hockey and Coastal Connections, which is an awesome uh organization, uh, business. I'm not quite sure what to categorize them as, but anyways, they have uh, day programs for developmentally delayed and disabled adults. So it gives them, and I used to deliver there all the time when I would drive on front and I used to love going in there. Great family. Uh, the adults in there are awesome. The staff members that work there, but, um, 
the big news was not only did we get to see Lenny Clark and Mike Russo, the comedians perform, or what Dave Russo. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Mike Russo. Dave Russo perform. The Bruins alumni were there. We got I well, I did, you didn't, but I made sure to get all the signatures. Told Bob Beers I'd rather listen. I I shut I shut off Jack Edwards and listened to him and John and Surratt on the radio. And he's like, No, you have to listen to Jack. And I was like, No, I don't. I prefer to listen to you guys on the didn't so much tell him how I feel about Jack, although I think Barry was hinting at that when we were in line, but he thought that was funny. Uh and Ken Hodge, like, I see you all the time. And I'm like, I know, but we also live in the same. So that happens. I see you more often than not. But that being said, I had a great time. We got, we were lucky enough. Um, Mike Gorham, Maples Crossing gave you a table or something or whatever. And I don't know. I had a great time and congratulations to the two organizations getting a benefit check. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mike Gorman of Gorman. Uh, Amesbury Crossing. for. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Mike. And uh, yeah, shout out to him for uh, giving us a complimentary table, which had 10 seats. Um, and it was a fun event. It was good to see uh, Paul Pouliot, a guy I went to school with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was very cool to see a, a couple of uh, uh, friendly faces, but also the Bruins alumni showing up, and which was the real, which was a, a serious draw for this crowd. Uh, they were so interactive. They had a lot of good things to do with the, the Bruins fans. Um, Lenny Clark was funny. Dave yeah. Russo was was amazing too. Uh, great acts, uh, good food, but mm-hmm. um, and, ra- and and raised a, a ton of money. Uh, there was a check given to Amesbury Youth Hockey that was uh, yeah. unbelievable, ten thousand dollars. So that yeah. was really cool. And um, and Coastal Connections got five thousand. Yeah, and yeah. um, thank you um to Kevin and John for setting that up and using. Uh, I know that they're new in town. Uh, they're investing in some properties in town. And uh, they're the ones who helped set up this great uh, fundraiser and Bruins event uh, and also are good buddies with the Bruins alumni. So hopefully we can get them all in town. Absolutely. It was really very cool to see Bob Sweeney, uh, Reggie Lemlin, Rick Middleton, Don Marcotte, Bob Beers. uh, Dave Shaw was there. Dave Shaw was there. was there. Yep. And there was, there was so many great uh, Bruins players of the past that showed up. Ricky there. Middleton's the, always there, though. He's yep. like the godfather of the oh, Bruins. Yeah. Alum. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, shout out to that whole uh, event. It was a lot of fun. It was a Tuesday night, school night, but uh, it was it was really fun to hang out with you, Barry, and my friend yeah. Mark from work and his, his wife, um, uh, Diane, and their friends. So yeah. uh, it, it was really cool. So. Good night, good fun, and also being whenever you can just hang out with the Bruins. And it was an intimate setting, too, so it was like, yeah. this is pretty funny, like watching the Bruins alumni laughing at Lenny Clark like we are two feet from us. But I had a good time. Uh, that was a kind of a tough crowd, though, because you can tell some things were walking yeah. the line of who. I, of course, think every. I think it's hilarious, so it was it was very good, and I'm glad to have So thank you, Mike. I don't know. Well, I said your name wrong as I've met you 5,000 times. You know I know your name and to Dave and John and for having us. And Mark, thanks for uh, helping me out with that other situation by let, like just having a table and we can still yeah, do it without absolutely. any of the awkwardness. And we had better seats. So yes. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> That's an inside thing, people. Okay. Well, that was pretty much it uh, for the specifically Boston Bruins things, unless you had anything else. No, I just wanted, I did want to touch on how um, much of a a weird person that Jeremy Jacobs is, the Boston Bruins owner. Um, 
there was a, a disposition in 2015 when he attended um, uh, as, you know, the concussion thing was actually really going on and so on. And uh, there's like there's like 300 somewhat pages of this thing. But I just wanted to I picked out a couple screenshots that I wanted to show people that I don't know if this guy is fully committed to this team or not. Uh, it, he seems like it's very business. But it, it was nothing but business when he was in this disposition. Because when you read the words and what's, you know, the what the uh, what's being said in the Q&A, it just seems like he was never interested in being there at all. And it's almost like a waste of time. But well, he was, was there in his capacity as uh, head of the board of directors. Right. 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 But he, yeah. But uh, I mean, stuff like this was being shown. And if you could see this on Twitter, I mean, on um, on YouTube, uh, it's it. you'll understand what I'm saying, but I'll try to read what I can. But uh, one of them just says, good morning, Mr. Jacobs. Have you been given a disposition before? He says, yes. How many times approximately was the question? The answer, I have no idea. Another question, more than a dozen. The answer, no. The question, less than six. The answer, no. I'd say, I'd say maybe a dozen, maybe. So that is what we're dealing with here. Kind of weird how that just uh, all transpired right there. But then here's another one that I found absolutely funny. Uh, the question was, okay, who was your general manager in June of 2019? Do you remember? Answer, Peter Shirelli. Do you want to spell that last name? Answer. I don't know. And he just like goes off on says Sharelli. S-H-A-R-E-L-L-I, which was absolutely funny to see. It absolutely cracked me up. I'm like, this guy is the 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 Mr. Burns on the uh on the Simpsons, you know? It's just so weird. Yeah. Um it's weird you don't know how to spell a man whose name you put on a check for like eight years. Like that's that's kind of weird to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I just wanted to put into perspective for people you're talking about. There was a just it was a uh, in 2015 with a a lawsuit brought against the NHL over concussion uh, protocol. But there was a lot of questions about like, do you know who's in charge of making the decisions? Can the player compete? Uh, competition committee overrule the board of directors can they do you know this i turns out the people who are running the league really don't know well how the hell the league works that's what i learned from this yeah. deposition uh but I yeah another, i got another one right here <laughs> this was kind of weird he's like do you know uh do you know who cook is in reference to the email and the, the answer was he's a player do you know a player by the name of Matt Cook. And the answer was, I've heard of him. I think I don't think he ever played for me. Uh, and the and the question was, no, he plays for the Penguins. So it, it it's pretty apparent that he has absolutely no clue on who took out one of your better players back in the day. That's so, scary. Yeah, and then the but last one the I have. Oh, sorry. I was going to say some of the other things might be just being rude or whatever, but if you don't know who the player is that ended Mark Savard's career or set the path to ending the career, yeah. that you're really out of the loop. That that's I thought they were more hands-on than that, but apparently not. No, no I, yeah, I got yeah. the same feeling. It's just like, whoa, this is not, not right. But um, the question, uh, so if somebody proposed that a study of retired players would be done, 
you wouldn't object to that? And the answer was, it depends on where it leads to. And by that, I mean, not what the end is, but this. I don't know if, if we wind up with 10 people's brains that are, sh are showing, you know, after death, are showing a condition exists. I don't know if that condition exists prior to death. And I don't know what the implications are, but just discovering more and more of it without leading to something is, might be a waste of energy. So that I found very disheartening right there that, you know, stuff like this is not being more thought of as an owner. I mean, th these are your, these are your ponies in your stall, basically, you know what I mean? And you're just showing basically no emotion onto what is actually going on with your, your organization, which is kind of weird to say, but um, hopefully the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because the, the, the two sons, uh, Jeremy, I think his name is Jeremy Junior. Yeah. And Charlie um, are, you know, CEOs now, but um, I don't know. I kind of found it weird on the, on, on the, the stuff that I really navigated to when he was talking, because it just made, it just made me feel like he didn't want to be there and didn't really care. Like on some hand, I was thinking it's kind of that stupid, like lawyer kind of like my lawyers told me not to say anything and I don't want to get in trouble. Like I'm talking for the whole league. I don't know, but now you're asking me specific things about me. But the funny thing, it's not funny. And I say funny and like, this is a super fucking sad, but like with the cook comment, you said about 47 times in the first 50 pages of that fucking document that was a couple hundred pages long that the board of directors and the NHL's primary concern is player health and safety. And you even said when they asked him, as they did, is that a business like for you? Is that about business or just player safety kind of thing? And he answered truthfully, right? We it's a bit they're a business investment. So it only, you know, like, OK, but then you say that and then you don't know who the fuck Matt Cook is. So yeah. mm, I don't know if it's just him. I don't know if he's older and he really doesn't remember. He it's just it's one of those weird things where you either know something or you don't know something. But when you're the director of the Board of Governors and you don't know who has to give approval or who can make approval, you said you never read the Constitution. You didn't seem aware that uh, the competition committee had. um created and asked for like a new rule about head hits and stuff in 2009, which I don't want to point out or anything is probably was proposed before Mark Savard ever took a hit and other players since then or whatever. Uh, but another thing that's concerning me, not just from obviously him as the owner of the Bruins and being on, you know, or whatever acts as the board of directors though, is the discretion it's discretions up to the officials no the officials can only call, and like he kept saying that so you mean if they're not trained and know what the rules are if they don't know you don't know the rule is and the rule isn't in and they don't know and they're not trained basically how are they supposed to implement the rule and a lot of discretion well maybe that's the problem because now we're six years later and there's still no clear-cut fucking rules to what a head hit we all day long can all agree that sometimes you get hit in the head in the course of a moving sport but there's a big difference between trying to smash somebody in the head or not and it can't be that hard to actually define the rules we maybe right. we shouldn't let discretion be just like we don't leave discretion the goal either crossed the line or it didn't you either hit somebody in the head or not then they were asking him about fighting well you know i think it's a game to game thing or whatever 
but it wouldn't be so funny. Like he could have just said something like, well, the, the league has changed a lot. Cause they asked him about when he bro- bought the Bruins or something was fighting yeah, back in, in 1975. Right. So like, he could have said something like, well, you know, when I bought the league in 1975, the game was a lot Same. different back then. And fighting was uh, just kind of part of the game. And the NHL has worked very hard to try and get fighting out of it over the last few years. It's not perfect, but I feel like we're better placed for fighting then there aren't as many major fights now, which is also a decrease in why people have head injuries. You know, he could have said, well, at least we don't make them keep fucking playing with their head injuries anymore. So we don't get sued. He could have said anything. I mean, I don't know if the league's changed in 40 years and the lawyer, he's just like, so you don't know if there's been fighting, like how many fights of over 40 years of being an owner of this team. Nope. I don't know nothing. Didn't see it. Didn't know it wasn't involved. So, yeah, that was kind of yeah, weird. yeah. It was kind of weird to read through, but uh, that was um, shared by Rick Westhead um, yeah. on Twitter not too long ago, and and Rick is one of the guys that broke the Kyle Beach. Um, is it Kyle? Yeah, yeah, it is Kyle. Kyle yep. Beach, the whole Chicago Blackhawks freaking um, scandal. Uh, so he's he, that guy has been like busting his ass to like open up and expose certain things in this league it's just it's crazy but um you know it was kind of weird to see but yeah it's that's a long read that i was i was looking at that for like four days nitpicking at it a little bit here and there that's what i said to you when you had asked i'm like dude i'm halfway through it this is a tough read and i like reading things like that and i'm going oh my god i don't like the format thing and i want to read now this is redacted holy shit what do they talk about it probably a lot of blackout stuff too it was weird a lot of redacted um all right so yeah i had actually had that a little bit farther down but we talked about it cool so it's checked off the list as long as we get to it so i guess um i just would like to remind everybody please go I, i it should still be up through this month uh, next week is Thanksgiving and um, yes. go support Nick Boos's Movember campaign. I know I got to finally on Friday, got to do one. I know you put one out from BNG and a lot of people have been supporting and keeps moving the goal line because people are being so generous, but please, please, please uh, go and do that. Um, last year, you know, I mean, anytime someone's doing a fundraiser like this, obviously, but uh, cancer's a bitch and let's uh, help at least try to get funds and stuff to research and help fucking start kicking its ass. Because I mean, I know I lost my dad to cancer. My husband just lost his brother to prostate cancer himself. So that's why I thought it was important, especially this year to try to do a little one, but uh, to honor Boosie's dad and also uh, Richard. So please go and do that. Uh, not thing before we transition to kind of general uh, NHL things that we were going to talk about, please, please, please go and do that. Okay. That's it. All right. Moving Done. on. Um, so, um, (laughs) I guess the big thing this week is that, uh, apparently the owners of the Red Sox are looking at to buy the, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and what that means. And is that shady? Cause now there's a little bit of like anxiety going on. Like, how can they do that? Like the Bruins is, um, yeah, but I mean, Jacobs is are from New York in Pennsylvania, uh, Delaware, North and, uh, New York and Pennsylvania. That's what I mean. Is like their family's all from out that way, and they own the Boston Bruins. I mean, apparently one of them doesn't know anything about owning the Bruins, except <laughs> for that they do. But uh, yeah, so what did you think about this uh, this controversy about the Penguins? I don't know if there's any controversy about it if you actually look into it, but it's a professional team that's up for sale. One of the owners wants to get out. 
while uh, Mario Lemieux is going to stay on as a minority owner yeah. and uh, still run the day to day. I think there's going to be a clause in it that that the team can't be moved for seven years after a deal is done. So yeah. I'm not sure if anybody is freaking out about, um, you know, a franchise moving closer to like me or possibly Hartford or or Manchester, New Hampshire or what you have you. But still, it's just it's a business thing. It's not a big deal. And boy, did I get real quickly annoyed with Crosby to freaking Boston confirmed uh, tweets. <laughs> That was just simply nonsense, you know. Um, the the uh, Fenway Park, the Fenway Sports Company, they this is what they do. They have partners. They have the LeBron James a partner, isn't he? I believe he is. So this is just a business thing for them, and um, you know, I don't think it's anything more than that. So uh, I'm not yeah. reading too far into it. Now she just watched all way. It's like, oh my God, they're buying the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just wanted to remind everyone the Pittsburgh Penguins almost got sold and potentially moved a couple times in there, <laughs> in their yeah. existence. Uh, and Mario came to save the day. Yeah, and Sidney Crosby came to save the day because he was the new Mario. So exactly. they were in conjecture. And I'm pretty sure neither of those boys are going to let the team move as far as they have the power to do so. And uh, obviously Mario's staying on. I mean, it, I could see if they were selling it all. Like, you know what I mean? If... Mario Lemieux was trying to get out of the Penguins to uh, then be like, oh, my God, they're definitely like looking to in seven years time move this team somewhere else. But everyone calm down. You can actually own the Red Sox and own the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Just the Jacobs can't own both the Penguins and the Bruins. It's OK if the Fenway Sports. Right. Does. And also, we still cannot like the Penguins. OK, it's all good. Or like the Penguins, whatever your preference is. But I just thought it was funny. It was like meltdown thing like it, it is a big thing but that being said i saw like uh that uh our favorite gary gary bettman of course our only favorite gary uh was talking to the premier in quebec about maybe a potential or to feel out and have some meetings about the market potentially going back to quebec so i think that's uh maybe aggravated it a little bit when people saw that like you said they'll there'll be contingencies that the team can't move stuff like that immediately uh but do you well, think that talk maybe aggravated it a little? Listen, I'll tell you something right now. The Fenway Sports Group is not going to buy a team and then all of a sudden uproot them from Pittsburgh and move them to a province in a in a in a country of Canada, which I love, by the way, and I'm not trashing it at all, folks. But they don't make a good dollar value, so I don't see that that being good business. If you're if you're hinting, not you, Heather. But if anybody, if anybody's hinting around that this could be uh, an uprooting from Pittsburgh and placed into uh, Quebec, so I don't see that happening uh, at all. But I also don't see, um, you know, the it's the dollar value for me, and it's been talked about from several people in higher uh, hockey media saying that. Um, once the dollar is comparable to the, the U.S. dollar, then maybe it's more of a um, a realization that Quebec could come back. Uh, the way it stands right now, it just doesn't. It just I can't see it working out. Um, a lot of folks don't understand that the league office is technically in New York. So once mm -hmm. um, when, you know your pay scale, whether you pay whether you play in Canada or the United States, is on the U.S. dollar alone. So. Uh, I, I I don't see that happening. And 
I don't see players going there because of the tax rate. And until something in the CBA is reconstructed where a player can go and play freely without being hindered by state tax, or it's somehow uh, worked into the contract that that state tax is taken care of. And then, you know, you get comparable money without, you know, having uncle Sam or having, um, I don't even know who Canada's freaking thing is, um, uncle you know, Dan, with, obviously yeah, <laughs> with, with their hands out, you know, I, I don't see this happening at all, but, um, they, I think they built the arena up there a little prematurely that a, a you know, if they did this will entice the NHL to come back, but the, the dollar value hasn't recovered since it, it, it went down so long ago. And, and I think believe that that was a heavy reason why they, they uprooted out of, um, you know, Quebec and went to Denver. Back, way back in the mid-90s when that Ooh. happens. Yeah. I remember. I was in high but school. Still, How sick is that? I, I was going to say, I, I know that's so. I remember going the, for their inaugural year because I took the train out to Colorado and it was like, oh, my God, avalanche mania. But – that being said, I do hold they did a great job of honoring the team. But like, you know what I mean? Like if the Hurricanes had kept the Whalers colors kind of thing. Uh, but out there and also best uh, reverse retro jersey last year. Hands down. I don't care what anybody says. You lose. I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> OK, so anyways, just a couple quick things before we start getting to the Patreon mentions and stuff like that. But um, the women quali- the women's qualifiers for the Beijing Olympics are over. Group A is USA, Canada, Finland, Russia. Technically, the Russian Olympic Committee because they can't compete as Russia because they're naughty, but naughty in a like just a naughty way, obviously. In uh, Switzerland, and Group B is Japan, Czech Republic, Sweden, Denmark, and China. So those are the women for Beijing. I don't know what the men's are yet. I don't think they're done. And again, we don't really know what it'll look like. Our NHL star is going to be there. Are they not? Um, Sidney Crosby had said that, that that he's just going to train like they are going until otherwise told not to. I believe it was Sidney had said that. Uh, obviously, he's said the kid. One would think he would make Team Canada if indeed they do go. Uh, that being said, we should know all of that pretty sooner than later. Yeah. By Christmas, we'll know what the rosters are, who's going. You, you have to, right? Uh, hopefully... Hopefully everything holds. I know there's a lot of people who want them to pull out of the Olympics because of whatever the situations around the world and what will happen now that it's winter and all of that. But I say, I'm always say, let them have the opportunity to represent their country. Okay. So we talked about the Jacobs thing. So I guess the last thing that I have on my list besides, you know, giving shout outs is one more time. I want to say congratulations to the hockey hall of fame class of 2020, 21. They completed their ceremonies on Monday did shed a little tear with Jerome Ginla, although mad respect to everyone in there. Lots of winning, lots of uh, transforming the sport over the last 40, 50 years amongst the classes of 2020 slash 21. But yeah, Jerome, I'm like, I love you, Iggy. And then yeah. the flames tweeted out like this, like eight minute long, like over the 16 years. Oh my God. I still ain't that damn, but it wasn't was then it wasn't in the 2004 stanley cup finals it's like everybody can still see it in their head but uh yeah so that being said that's all i have do you have any other topics before i shout out uh the B- I, bng okay well we love our black gold do it slowly all right will do so uh 
As always, we would like you to go and rate and review the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Give us a five star and then yes, say, please. Heather talks too much, shut up. And then we also would like you to follow all of the podcasts in the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network. And I forgot my list, so let's see if I can do it. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, Dump and Change, Lindros Hockey Podcast, Holtz on Hockey, Causeway Kings, Puckline Podcast, Short Shift Podcast. Remember the Maples podcast. Sometimes you get to do AHL Bruins report, uh, Providence Bruins report. Uh, that's your handle to follow on the social media. Come on, guy. I'm trying to do it off of the top of my head. Uh, the Beehive podcast, uh, the Hub of Hockey podcast, Third Line Grinders. Oh, I'm sorry. There's one of us. One more, one more, one more. Nope. Nope. That's we lost right now, one. right? Yep. That's it. I know, but I thought we had four. Oh, I know, but we should have one more because last week I didn't yeah. say remember okay. the Maples. That's all right. Sorry. Sorry if I forgot you. It's not your fault. It, it's me, not you. I forgot my stupid paper, so I don't forget any of us. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Awesome writing staff. Uh, lots of content out there. You got your uh, B&G Weekly out on the YouTubes, things like that. So come explore. Join the cult. No, I'm just kidding. Not cult. Did I say cult? cult? No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening uh, to blah, 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 me. And I'm going to throw it to Mark so we can uh, thank those people who financially support me, blah, blah, blahing every week. Yes. Um, we do have a Patreon account that I'm going to throw up here because uh, it's important to us. It really helps us out. And what we do is we take a dollar of your contribution every episode and um, uh, we pay some bills. Um, and, but we also take the other half of that dollar and, um, you know, buy stuff to give away weekly, uh, a, a related Boston Bruins prize, but monthly we give away a hand signed Jersey. So, um, we really thank you very much. Everybody who's on this. I think we have like 50 or 60 members now, which is amazing. You guys are absolutely, absolute beauties. Um, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast, like I said, it's only a dollar per episode. We're running four episodes right now. It's a very small investment of four dollars. We might go a little bit above that, maybe eight dollars, possibly six, but we really haven't been there lately. So I uh, just wanted to say the potential of what you could be spending a month, which is still very small for what you could win. You know, it's it's amazing on some of the stuff that Bruce uh, Bruce Sullivan has uh, that we absolutely give away just for a buck. So uh, we would certainly appreciate it and. I do want to mention that our weekly winner this week is Nick Busa, the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Wow! Um, and uh, this week's and this month's jersey winner is uh, no, no other than Maria from Watertown. We love Maria, Yay. so she won this very nice hand signed Rick Middleton jersey, fully authenticated, right there. This is from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, Bruce Sullivan, our boy. So congratulations, Maria. Congratulations, Nick Busa. Love you, buddy. And um, that's all, all right. I have for that. Before you wrap up, uh, Black and Golden Teal podcast. That's the one I forgot. Oh, so yeah, I yeah, just wanted yes. to give a shout out to the boys. Go ahead. Wrap it up when you're ready, Mark. I just it came all right. to me. All right. Uh, I do want to say thank you very much. Uh, we want to say um, uh, happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you travel and, and see loved ones and are able to do that in these weird times. Um, but we also ask that you please do it safely. If you happen to be local and going out drinking, uh, please use an Uber, Lyft, or a cab. 
do not drive. We, you know, we love uh, our listeners. We love everybody, but we also want to have everybody be safe. There's no reason why anybody should be on the road drinking and driving and, and, and that chance of you hurting yourself or anybody else. So uh, we're bigger proponents of that here at BNG. So, um, but uh, ultimately it's just, this is the time about family and so on. So um, I want to give a shout out to my dad. I want to give a shout out to my Courtney. Love her so much. Uh, my mom uh, and uh, just just everybody that has been cool with us, whether you're you know interacting on Twitter, whether you're a subscriber of this hockey podcast that we truly appreciate, whether you're a financial supporter, which we really appreciate. And uh, just with those cool folks that just go out on, you know, spend a second of their day just to retweet or, or share a link on their uh, individual social media accounts. We truly appreciate everything. So, um, but that being said, me getting all sappy over here before the Bruins oh, I start. I like it though. I think it's a yeah, I know, but I'm not a sappy kind of guy. That's what giving thanks is. Business. Though. Appreciate. No, I know, I know, I know. But no, we 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 do appreciate everything that we uh, everybody does, all the listeners and, and our friends and so on, and our family members. So that being said, my name is Mark Allred. That is Heather Ingerson. Heather, hopefully you and your family have a great Thanksgiving. Um, say hi to Barry. Please say hi to Eric. Please say hi to Sebastian, Auntie Chrissy, and and the whole clan over there in Lynn, wherever everybody is. Um, but well, can, yes, and please do the same. Give Miss Courtney. I loved it. I don't know if she got my note on the pizza. Oh, we did. I did. The delivery driver was like, "You got a note too." I'm like, yeah, "The delivery driver." Like, yeah. She's like, "What if it's not them?" I'm like, "Oh no, it's them." I wouldn't be writing it. I know. <laughs> I think I know where they live, and who, unless another Courtney happens to live at my friend's house that right. isn't Courtney who lives there. Uh, yeah, but love and you know all the love to your dad, and your mom, yep. and you and yours and your families. And uh, yeah, let's do it, people. Let's get through safe. Uh, if you are listening from Canada, sorry, you already had Thanksgiving. So come, yeah, and visit turn. come visit families in the States then. If you if want. you can get across the border. That, that's, yeah. that's You can. The border's open as long oh, as you have right. the right documentations. That's right. All right, <laughs> All right everybody. Guys. Peace out. Be safe. And we love you and uh, take care. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.